0: There you go, so the, the inaugural episode, and we're in there, so there you go, we started recording, good to go. First episode of the Not the Dan Patrick Show, which is always good, because we talk just as much craft as they do, but uh, we just have like, what, like 6% of the credibility, maybe, if we're lucky.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so what? Now, basically the idea is we just go along and talk about stuff. We've got like different topics to talk about and different things we want to go on about, we talked about before, but I don't know, we got uh, the first bit we looked at, was basically the uh, off season for the NRL, I guess, which is normally, um, you know, filled with arrests and crap. Which surprisingly, when I googled it, did you guys see the AFL? Yeah. Uh, the the
1: last one I saw was um, uh, the Giants. Maybe Green's dad getting arrested for a headbutt and feed a in the grand final. That was about the last thing I saw.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, did you see any else, Bonda?
2: No, no Queensland. Sorry. Hey. Said I live in Queensland. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm catching up. laughs>
1: oh, to be fair, I was in Queensland when that happened, though. To be fair.
0: <laughs> so in Queensland, just you get to, in North Queensland specifically. You get to abstain from all AFL. Correct. That's right. No, that's fair. Well, I'm no. pretty sure they have Google up there too. That is true. There is Google, but when when you look at it, though, I mean, the crazy thing was like the point I was, I was getting to was the fact that when I looked at it, there was almost nothing this off season for the AFL. Like there was there was almost no arrests, no charges, no no stupidity. I was I was blown away.
2: That's
1: crazy. Well, the, first time that, that was about the only one I saw from the grand final. Yeah. And And a tiny bit of research for this is. Uh, Daniel Kerr, I don't you remember the Fremantle West Coast player was found like passed out drunk in the middle of nowhere in WA. That was about (laughs) it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, who hasn't done that though? We've all been there. Like that's you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's hardly a faulting bloke for that. Exactly.
0: But then you know, but the the in in contrast though, I mean, when I googled like the NRL, like Bondi, this is this is your territory now, up in North Queensland for sure, but. Like, the NRL, there's, like, I had a look, there was Curtis Scott from the Raiders, Offa Hengali from the Broncos, Todd Carney's thing, like, historically speaking, like, you look at all the crazy ones that have happened. But for this one, there's Asafa Soleimana, um Finu from Manly, David Fafita, Josh Reynolds, Mike Asivo. Like, there was just an obscene amount of NRL.
2: Yeah. Two normal categories, though. So, pub fights and sexual stuff, mostly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> True, true, well, I mean that that's that's pretty much the standard for the n r l, which is where like the but the scariest one I think well actually there there was this the two the two ones that would have been the most scared, I reckon was a sofa and uh, David forfier because they got put in a barley jail cell over in Indonesia. did you see that one, Coots? yeah, I yeah,
1: I now you say that, yes, that does does bell. yeah,
0: yeah. But luckily, like Bondi, I don't know. You're you're up there next, right next to the Cowboys. Was there anything from our side for the Cowboys that we need to worry about? Right,
2: oh Mate, we're all good. Cowboys are nice and safe. <laughs> not like last year. Man.
0: Not like last. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that was a disaster. <laughs> but no, that's all right. But I mean, like it, it's it's good though. But the the craziest one that I did read from the NRL was definitely Finu, who's I didn't really know the name too well. I think he's not. I don't think he's a particularly prominent guy from Manly, but. He was done for a stabbing at a church function. Like <laughs>
1: yeah. stabbing um, at a church function.
0: Yeah, so I mean I know when I go to church I get a little bit irate, but I've never had to stab anyone before. <laughs> <laughs> I tend <laughs> to leave the
1: prison shank at home when I attend the rare or Dego.
0: Well that that's exactly, exactly. I mean what I don't know about you, Bond, I, I mean, but I, I normally leave the, the pocket knife in the car. Yeah mate, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, historically, though, what do he's you reckon... Just... Huh? Go for it, Coots. I
1: was just going to say this. What 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 kind of church is he going to where it gets so irate about God knows what, but he ends up stabbing someone?
0: Well, that's the thing. I, I, I The story didn't say much else about it, but he's, he's in a, at a Mormon church function, so it makes even less sense. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway we'll we'll move on from that one but I mean historically though that's the craziest ones like when you look at like the NRL versus AFL like I actually did a little bit of research Mm. on it right so when I found out I had a look there was the craziest ones probably when I looked at things like there was the AFL with Jake Carlisle. he got done for drugs there was uh, Randy Nixon back in the day he got done with a 17 year old Mm. girl had an affair with a 17 year old girl so that's pretty intense Yes. and then there was what Favola Got done for the assaults and the affairs. Liam Jarrah was probably the most hectic one because he attacked his cousin with a machete. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's like when, back in the days up in Darwin. You know, you think you'd hear it up that way, but anyway, that was <laughs> like Yeah,
1: exactly
0: right. If your coots walking back from the pub at you know whatever time and you know you go through the narrows and you know it just happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if only, if only you had a machete. If only
0: that's could have got out of the work story, the next day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but then, like the then you look at like the NRL though, like on the other side, you got Greg Bird who got in jail for domestic violence. That was only
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: last year or year before. And then who else was it? Andrew Johns for drugs? Todd Carney because, well, he was an idiot and decided to do the fountain.
1: <laughs> Why well, he's, he's sports bet famous for it now? So
0: he's sports bet famous.
1: Yeah, he's he's on sports better because
0: of it. Is he really? I, I, I haven't him. seen that bit. No, no, no. I don't know.
1: Oh my! Do yeah. Go for it. What I'll was paint it? Paint your picture. You, you know those classic fountains where it has like the boy urinating, like the uh, uh, cast uh, garden ornaments.
0: Right, right, right. Like, like, you, yeah, I know what you mean. Like yeah, the, the the fountain the, thing. Yeah, yeah. Except
1: the fountains going upwards into the dude's mouth. <laughs> In the models now, and then Todd, and then the voiceover goes, "That's oh, so easy. Even Todd Carney can use it." To which Todd Carney goes, "Yeah, piece of piss."
0: Was this like an ad campaign they did?
1: Oh, it's great! It's fantastic.
0: That's how much TV I watch. When, when, was the last time? When was the? Is it still on now, or is it?
1: Uh oh, possibly. Yeah, possibly. I don't. I but of all things in warmer, I don't have very normal T V. It trumps <laughs> out a lot too, so I don't
2: really watch it.
0: That's true. Well in, in warmer, mate it's uh well, well like it's not too bad. Like is it airing up in Townsville Bondi?
2: As far as uh, last I saw it was oh, end of last year, like one of the time. Oh, all yeah. right. right.
0: That's not so oh, bad. Five weeks ago. Five weeks. Oh, yeah, actually it's weird. Like I feel like this the, the January's basically been a whole write off month for me. And then uh, because I don't know, like you, you go into like every year like twenty twenty, it sounds great and you're like, Yeah, gonna go have an awesome year and then like I cop pneumonia and I was in the hospital for two weeks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's <was> ridiculous. Anyways <laughs>
1: All
0: right, now that basically I was just thinking the next thing we wanted to talk about. We were looking at uh, a bunch of different things, but the NFL draft. Now, this is where I know Bondi, not the biggest NFL aficionado, but did you do any research on the draft coming up, man?
2: Mate, i <laughs> um, closely followed throughout the
0: season uh, Joe Burrow. Joe, Oh, he has done some research. Ladies and gentlemen, look at him go. He's, he's listed off the number one QB pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: no, a bit of a fan throughout the season, but. I feel like his career is going to be ruined, being
0: number one pick. Do you reckon, okay, so when, when you say his career is going to be ruined, all right, we, I'm guessing, like, for me, I think the the Bengals are going to pick him up, their number one draft pick, right? 100%, yep. Coats, okay, so you, you, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I think he's the number one consensus in terms of the QB, and you look at what Bengals need, and it's it's right there in front of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year we watched, like, Ryan Finley be a disaster and uh, he was just—he came in and like to take over from Andy Dalton for no apparent reason, and uh, just came in and was uh, basically—I uh, thought of him like Geno Smith or something similar like that. He was just not—he just seemed not not quite at the level that he needed to be, you know. I,
1: I think the Bengals—they they benched Andy Dalton for the poor
2: man's Andy Dalton.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That's—I mean, did you watch any of the Bengals games, Bondo?
2: No, mate. I. Did a bit of research and looked up the results. Two wins, the lowest across the AFC and NFC. Oh, that's not a good omen.
0: No, <laughs> that's true. It's it's kind of like it's like uh, it's almost like the Jets drafting Sam Darnold. Like they they uh, they scanned for Sam, and now the poor guy's career is like in the toilet because he's just uh, <laughs> he's just been like the poor guys yeah, are nothing. The Jets really
1: haven't looked
0: after him. No, they haven't. No. They they really didn't. And it's 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 really just shit ass because you think like the guy who's probably would have been needed like a good year under a good coach and if had he gone somewhere like i don't know like san francisco under Kyle shanahan or something like that i mean obviously any QB can thrive under Kyle shanahan but you get my point like if he goes to a good system you know it's going to be much better but i don't know it's, it's hard but i mean when you look at something like cbs though like what they're talking about joe burrow they've actually got him second overall now but they've got i don't know actually know much about chase young coming in from ohio state he was the edge rusher uh, did you know much about him coots
1: yeah, so he's supposed to be the generational talent, rusher. He is, if you go ignoring position wise, he's the best player in the draft. Life. Right, right, right. So he's your he's your JJ he's your um, Von Miller type uh, generation. He'll be. I mean, skins have second overall pick, and yep. if they're gonna stay with Haskins, you know they've got a new coach there, and um. Ron anyway. So Mm. if they if Joe's gone and they just go for the best player in a draft, it's going to be Chase um, Young by far. He is the consensus best player. It's just we all know that QBs they kind of get measured differently anyway because everyone goes to one.
0: Well, fair. Well, there you go. Well, that's the the, that's what I was going to ask you about as well. So the skins can take him now. Bond. I don't know if you know much about what happened with the coaching swaps there, but basically the Panthers decided that Riverboat Ron, the Ron Rivera, they're going to cut him away. And now they've picked him up over at the Redskins. Now, the Redskins were the second worst team uh, and they were just awful. But, uh, like, picking up someone like a generational talent, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what if, if Riverboat Ron's going to do much for him. Well, the name killed, himself, so.
1: <laughs> the name killed
0: him. <laughs> Is that a name you've given him? Oh, mate, it's a name. I heard, I heard it. Um, well, one of the NFL journalists, I can't remember which one it was now, but yeah, they were talking about him. they called him Riverboat Ron and it just stuck in my head. Like Jim Bob Cooter was like, you know, just all these hilarious <laughs> names. You know, like, it's just fantastic. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the one that I reckon I, is... I, I
1: think, say, I think if, you go up, if you're looking at the second pick and Jason's on the board, you'd be super not him. Well, that, that's and, it, but um, I mean... If... I know that...
0: Sorry, mate, go for it, you're right. Well,
1: I was just thinking, like, I know... Like, Ron's a, defend, a, a defensive coach, if I speak American, defensive coach. Um, I know they're, they're fairly stacked in the front seaman anyway, but, yeah. I mean, if he's as good as they run things. Well, plus,
0: also with Gerald McCoy as well, you never know what's going to happen with him either. To, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ron. But anyway, but, but the big one, that I reckon the hardest one to pick for me in the draft is, uh, is Tua. Now he's they've got him listed as, as third because he's he's the second top QB, but after he decided to go and destroy his ACL, well I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. He
1: right? stuffed his hip or something too. Yeah,
0: he's he's a very broken human yeah. being. He's he's much like myself really. <laughs> yes. You know, we we're, we're the same me and Tua. Well, like you know, yeah. we're both very athletic and you know.
1: The expectation is that he won't play this season anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's why I thought like um, Miami might pick him up uh, and p- keep Ryan Fitzpatrick on for a year and let Tua sit on the bench. But I, I don't know. I-, I don't know whether they're going to do sort of like what the Vikings did with Bridgewater and he could just end up somewhere else. I don't know. I really don't know
1: what's going to happen. Well, when, when Tua got injured, because he was the number one pick and then, of course, uh, Bama fell over when he went down and then Joe Burrow went on to win uh, the Heisman and then he won um, – the national championship, everything you can win as a college quarterback. And then he has the greatest after-championship photo ever of smoking a cigar <laughs> in the change just like a boss. Yeah, yeah. Like, what else could he do? So then, you, I mean, you got to take that kid number one anyway. But when I first heard when Tua went down, and I can't think of which NFL um, reporter said it, but basically come out and goes, I can see now, like, the Patriots – drafting tour with, like, the 26th pick or something like that. That's interesting. That like yeah, the, yeah, okay. The non- nightmare that everyone four C is then Tom would sit for a year behind Tom Brady and then oh. the Patriots would be dominant for another 20 years again.
0: Just ruin everyone's life.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, every report says, if they, you know, even injured, he's not going to drop out of, like, the top five. Like, if the Dolphins don't take him. Well it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers didn't Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I was gonna say, yeah, I man I think the Chargers because they've clearly moved on from Phil Rivers, but I don't know, it's it's yeah. hard to say, but Bondo what what's the next pick for you though, mate?
2: Um I, I don't know. I'm just reading a mock draft list. Um, <laughs> on the uh,
0: he's prepared, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's prepared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, he's, fo- he's
0: focused too much on the tennis that we want to talk about later but that's alright <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: so I've got two at down in this list that I've got
0: so you got two at five
2: much, yeah what you were saying can you pronounce his surname uh, Tagvalu that's pretty nah,
0: close that's, that's not bad that's not bad that's that, that's. I, I don't think I could do much better to be honest but uh, so you get what? Yeah, uh, uh,
1: but uh, I
0: reckon, but the, the, the one that they've got there for the top wide receiver, though, would be CD Lamb coming out of Oklahoma.
1: See, I've seen a lot for Lamb and I've seen a lot for Judy Jerry Judy.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 he's um coming out of Bama, yeah, exactly.
1: So, I mean. The draft this year is supposed to be stacked wide receiver, it's supposed to be stacked O line or um, offensive tackle as well. Mm, But But, um, I've seen Judy go to the Cardinals at eight, and I've also seen Lamb go to the Broncos not too far out of the top ten as well.
0: Well, I can see him going to the Broncos for sure, but I think Cardinals, they, they brought on way too many young wide receivers already. Like they've just, they need to get. Some, I mean, they have got Larry Fitzgerald, who is the like probably the best veteran wide receiver going. Um, he's like eight hundred mm-hmm. years old and still can you know just do everything. He's the best slot receiver going. He's ridiculous. But at the same time, I think they've got like something like their entire depth chart. It's got not even like three years experience. So, but I, I definitely yeah, think. Was, that, sorry.
1: You're Yeah, right, I, I was just thinking like I'm, I'm in the exact same boats because if you draft, draft Kyler Murray the year before with um, the first overall pick. Then you keep Larry around, who's like six foot three, and like he ain't oh, quite yeah. quick, so you're not gonna overthrow him, no. and he's a big target <laughs> to hit. Then let's let's the next year draft a similar size guy, and it's the exact same scenario with the Bengals because there was a lot of talk earlier in the year when AJ was AJ Green was going to come back from being injured. Is will they draft? Will they trade him and get rid of him for the draft pick? I reckon the best thing they can do, especially for taking Joe Burrow number one overall. Mm. He's just giving a, one of the best deep threat or big power forward receivers to throw to constantly. You got to keep um, AJ Green around for that exact reason.
0: Well, I, I agree with you, and and that's something that I think. But I, I just I just have this gut feeling that they're going to do something ridiculously Bengals and trade away AJ Green. So, and, and you're going to end up with <laughs> like you know he's going to have they're going to have. Uh, Geez, who else is in? Oh, they had Auden Tate came along all right. But I don't know. But for, I mean, from from a draft standpoint, because the, the Dolphins don't have a lot, but this year Miami has so much coming for them. Like they, they've just got
1: like oh, a million yeah.
0: picks this year, so they're going to control it. But I don't mm, know. Yeah, exactly right. But then when you're looking, I don't know, further down the list, like if you come through towards the end where you're looking at where like the Steelers are going to pick and the Patriots and the teams that were – Obviously, a much like more contention, like where Kansas is going to pick, all that sort of stuff. Um, you're probably looking more around. Let's see, what, what would their needs be? I'm just trying to think for Kansas. I mean, obviously, they just won, so you know, go me for picking them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had to just drop that in there because I'm pretty sure. Didn't just just Bondo, 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 didn't you pick the 49ers too? No, I, I, picked, the, I picked
2: the Chiefs.
0: You did pick the Chiefs? Yeah. Oh, that's all right then. We can just we can just rub that in on Cootie then. That's all right. That's good. Cootie. Yeah, he's just the worst human being. I mean, the,
1: the worst thing happened, which is like I thought. The only reason the 49ers will lose is if Jimmy G has to throw the ball late in the game. <laughs> and like I thought, if KC got ahead in the fourth quarter, if KC got ahead, then um, I just thought I thought it'd be all over. So if the like the Forty Niners had that awesome running game and Jimmy G, he's only thrown it. Like thirteen times the entire playoffs. Oh years. mate. So it doesn't hit Yeah, up. you're
0: not wrong. That was freaky. Like, then, you, yeah. of
1: course he turns it over two or three times in the end there. And, but mind you, it was like ten minutes left in the in the um, fourth, and they were up by ten. You, you thought it was all over anyway, and then yeah, um, the only reason I thought KC could win is if they it was purely on Mahomes' shoulders. He had to just keep throwing the ball, and, and he did everything, absolutely everything, to get. And he pretty
0: much got it. Yeah, agree, agree. I mean, like, I'm not sure he he got the MVP. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because at one point you're right. He got the the clutch play where in the last 10 minutes of the biggest game of the year, he just went bananas. Um, but then, yeah. or if you look at the whole game, like for the first probably real half of the game, he wasn't he he wasn't doing. I mean, yeah, he, he got the rushing touchdown, but like it was only, like he wasn't able to really move the ball he wasn't able to do much but i don't know like i, I would no, have
1: exactly right. yeah for me i would
0: have gone probably with their running back because the guy was just ridiculous um yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah. or or a defensive player even like you know look at like DeForest Buckner who was just unstoppable like he was he was unreal
1: I thought honey badger was good too Oh true honey badger, he, badger was free really, yeah he was really really good
0: that's true. All right. Well, in that case, while we're on the on the point of uh, Super Bowls and winning things, I'll, we just had the Australian Open. Now, this is the part where I think Bondi is going to shine because he had a hot take already uh, <laughs> about the tennis. Now, the question that was that we thought of was, does tennis matter? Now, what I mean by that is not, of course, like of course, the people that play it are very talented and everything like that. But is it uh, is it going to be something that's like a really big uh, is it still a really big sport now? Is it growing or what's happening? We just had the Australian Open in Australia and I didn't know too many people that go to work and start going, oh, jeez, mate, did you see the tennis? <laughs> yeah, fair
2: point.
0: My, uh, my grandmother watches the tennis. That's the... <laughs> so... <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, all right, Bondi, name, name the two people who won the Australian Open.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm 90% sure it wasn't Ash Barty or Rap and I think they both got upset. I can't name the two
0: winners. He's 90% sure that they didn't win. Yeah. All right. Well, Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a great answer to the question. Tell me who won. Well, I can tell you he didn't. <laughs> you know who else didn't win?
0: Me. I I, I didn't win. I didn't win it either, mate. That's all right. That's. Uh, but uh, no, look. So Ash Barty got got knocked out in. Uh, when did she get knocked out? She was in like the the semi final. She got beaten by the young American girl, who actually went on to win it. Um, but uh, she's um like Canon Keenan. I can never say her name right. But she beat um, she yeah. beat the unseated Spanish girl yeah. M- whose name I can never say. it's spelled Muguruza, but, but it's pronounced like Muguruza, or something. I don't know. Anyway,
1: yeah, sure, cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then uh, I loved um, like the 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 Austrian guy T.M. They had uh, they had you know Carpe T.M. was his and that was his thing. That was cool. But um, <laughs> but he couldn't like he did well, but he just couldn't quite you know beat Djokovic who whooped him in the end. But uh, but are your hot take, mate. Go for it. I loved it.
2: Yeah. So when you asked, does um, my response was only if you're female and you want to do half the work for just as much money? Something <laughs> there. <a bit. laughs>
1: it's, it's sensational.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, 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 like I mean. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's it's brave to say it these days because, I, but I know what you mean because it's it's a quality of pay and everything like that. I understand what you mean because, I, I ne- I'd never actually thought of it before. That's, that's how funny it is because like when when you said it, I had no sort of real thought about the fact that men like the Djokovic game went to five sets and and the, and the the girls' game went to three sets and that's it and that's the max you can possibly play. Yet they get paid the same prize money, right?
2: And that's – it's the only sport that I can think of that is not – like golf, sure, the women's team shorter, but it's not like they change, part you know, par five to par three just because they shorten that hole. Mm, exactly. Um, everything cricket, all those kind of sports, similar or the same sort of layout, just, you know, adjusted for the – for the females, but with tennis, it's not like it's
0: four know, sets. No, the court's the exact same size and all the rest. But I mean, to be fair though, it's literally the only sport where, like, yeah, the the game time is adjusted, and they get the same pay. But then when you look at like the sports you just mentioned as well, like cricket and uh, golf and oh, what other sports I'm thinking of, like MMA, whatever you want, you could list almost any other sport. There is no pay equality and. Like it, it's just uh, that—that's the big problem, I guess. Which is something that, but I guess it comes down to TV ratings. That's—that's that's probably where. That's the probably the biggest point, right?
2: Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, you might see people like Elise Perry giving up the uh, the old cricket ball for a tennis racket just to get a nose in front. Of <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it, that, that, that's possible, but I mean, it, it depends. Like, I mean, you see all that they brought out movies about it too. Like, what was that? Um, they had Bobby Riggs play against, um, oh, bloody uh, Billy Jean, Billy Jean King. Uh, you know, back in the day, um, and this just to prove that men and women were, you know, just as good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, and that that was what made the whole pay equality thing. That was the big point. Um, but it, it's it's an interesting point. But I mean, outside of that, though, I mean outside of the pay issue I guess I wonder like is tennis as big because like it's probably it's probably one of the few sports I think where men and women are actually uh you watch the women's tennis just as much as you watch the men's tennis whereas if you watch say basketball for example like not many women's games are televised in anywhere in the world like Europe or Australia doesn't matter particularly not in the NBA WNBA um but that's probably tennis is probably the only sport that Matters more. That's what, that's what I'm sort of what I'm getting at. Like, is it is it sort a sport that matters more than say NBA or basketball or you know uh, cricket or whatever? Like, what what is it up there with those sports? Like top five in Australia?
2: Oh, I think in Australia, again going back to demographic, I mean, all the tennis should travel to see the tennis. Um, but I think for the younger demographic, it's certainly not a sport that you'll sit there and sip a beer watching. Mm. Like, so that's that's my take on it.
0: What do you reckon, Kurtz? You, you, you're going to sit down the pub and watch the tennis or what?
2: Well, I think you can't
1: – the sheer fact that – I don't know if you can get beer at tennis. Assuming that you can, if you riled up and got um, excited and passionate as a fan, you get told to shut up by the ref anyway. So <laughs> it, it kills a lot for – you know, as, as a spectator sport, because it, you just watch these two individuals, um, mono and mono battle it out, and you have to shut up the whole time. It doesn't make any sense. So straight off the bat, tennis doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to. Me.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I can see that point. It, it's, I mean, it, it's. I think they kind of let it go. Like it's it's mainly during the serve that you need to be quiet. Like like when someone's teeing off in golf, yeah, same sort yeah. of deal, right? But I think you're right because a lot of the time. In the tennis, it is—it's it's true. You got to be quiet. Whereas in the golf, as soon as someone swung through, boom, everyone can be loud again. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. right
0: Whereas tennis is like you know people like holding their breath for the whole time, like you know, and then you can't clap or do anything until the points over. And sometimes those rallies can last for ages. Like Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi used to go on
1: forever. Yeah, exactly right. And there's there's a short window where you can be appreciative of what you just watched, and then you back into the cone of silence, I'm not saying anything again, but. I mean I, I'm I'm very biased on it. I've never been much of a tennis fan. If we circle back to the original question is Is tennis relevant? Obviously there will always be uh, a a spot for it. It seems to be relatively big in Australia, even if you didn't grow up watching it like me. But I think it's and my point on it is it doesn't seem all that popular now because there is no big male likable tennis star.
0: Mm, okay.
1: And if you look at if you look at – if you rattle off male test stars, I go to, like, Tomic and Curious, and they always seem to be in trouble or down the <laughs> Doing something, something stupid. They just seem to be really unlikable yep.
0: kids, yeah. more often than <laughs> not.
1: And I grew up with, um, um, with like, Rafter and um,
0: – Oh, yeah, of course. Pat Rafter, Leighton Hewitt, Mark Filippousis. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah, that's the other guy I was trying to think of too, yeah. I mean, even Leighton Hewitt to a very lesser extent, but mm. they'd still, I mean, the, yeah, the fact that these guys are finishing 13th in the tournament and still becoming millionaires off it, and then, you know, you see him in trouble or doing God knows what every other day, it's just, there's no big, likeable male Australian tennis star. And I think that's just like, and I feel like it's been crying out for it ever since um, Rafter retired. Like, there's... There's this massive void in Australian tennis. It's just waiting for someone to not be a dickhead and be good at tennis. And I feel like that's not a big ask. Just be good and don't be an idiot about it. Don't win, don't carry on. Just, yeah. yeah. Because spirit about playing tennis for some reason is a big void.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. I agree with you. That's uh, that's that's a really good point. So like, so basically, that's probably the biggest two points. Is one like what Bondi said: the younger generation is not really much of a spectator sport to go sit down the pub and watch. And two, we don't really have anyone to rally behind, where we just go, yeah, that's like Ash Barty's probably bad. She's she's come along now, which is great, and she's she's probably uh, quite she's very good, sort of quietly confident or that sort of thing. But again, she's not someone that that's built up years of, of, of um, credibility. She's only just come on the scene, probably last year, really. Yeah, exactly
1: right. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Well, that's fair enough. But um, I think the other thing, talking about commentators, which is what we're doing, like talking about uh, all the sports and stuff. But I don't know, like, if you guys followed the MMA for the last little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bondo. Bondo, you there? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, he's had to go and just take a, a mid, uh, mid-podcast leak. You know, that's fine.
1: He takes a slash on the first ever. <laughs> like,
0: Pre-game dump, mate. Come on. Nope. <laughs> this
1: is
2: terrible. What What's that, mate? So, uh, both kids woke up at the same time, so I got wrangled. Oh, and, uh,
0: that's all right, all right. That's we a, thought
2: you went for slash.
0: That, that's that's the that's the trump card. mate. That's the trump card. You, you got the. He's like, I've got kids. You're like, oh, all right, fair enough.
2: <laughs> I need to do a week. Oh. Yeah. You're good. Right.
0: You, you, do you need to go tend to the childrens anymore? Or are you good? Uh,
2: no, I got Dex back to sleep. So oh,
0: sweet. All right. Jeez, he did that quick. Look at him go. But uh, all right, basically the other thing we we're just going to talk about was MMA, like with um. There's a specific thing I, I was going to talk about with commentators, but have you been following the MMA much, there, Bondo?
2: Yeah, mate. Yeah, I
0: caught up on it. Caught up on it. Well, the the big one was <laughs> was where um, the biggest fight that the, recently was Conor McGregor and. Um, Cowboy Cerrone That was the big one And Or well, Cerrone Depending on where you come from Cerrone Cerrone Sorry Sorry I wasn't being French enough But uh, With um, But the big thing that happened Was when Stephen A Who he, He's kind of known for his hot takes On ESPN Like that's that's just kind of what he does But he gone on And carried on like a massive Just muppet And uh, Just basically said that Conor McGregor beating mm. Cowboy in 40 seconds meant nothing effectively, and he just carried on about it forever. And I think that you know, a lot of these commentators, like, they get to a point where if you, all you do is have hot takes, none of your none of it's going to be taken seriously. So I reckon, like, I, my opinion is that a lot of these commentators tend to go way too far. Like, you know, look at Scott Zolak for for the Patriots, who just I love Tom Brady. Like, he just Tom Brady can do no wrong. Like, it's impossible. But I don't know. Like, what do you guys reckon? Is there is there any like, what's a commentator that you think like that just goes bananas or just loses their
2: mind or? Mate, I love a Richie But going back to <laughs> <the> <laughs> two for two
1: for
0: two two, I miss the big man.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I don't think he went too far. I mean, if you've ever seen. Pre-game hype from Conor McGregor or anything like that. True. Um, it's always it's always out there and it's for a purpose. It's to opinionate, mm. to polarize the audience. So um, him going out there and saying that about Cowboy Cerrone, yeah, he carried on a little bit at the end there, but um, I think he's got a valid point. Forty seconds. He was all but defeated after the first 15, so <laughs> um, as far as learning what Conor McGregor is capable of, yeah, we saw a highlight reel. But we didn't really see him tested. He got kicked once, and that was the only contact that he had. So I think he's right to to have a go at Cowboys' throne and call him out for it. Um, I, I do think he carried on, but I think being a professional sportsman, you should copy on the chin.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, I think well, he definitely copped it on the chin for sure. But I think more it's uh, – <laughs> see, that was a terrible dad joke just there. How's that? Was that good? Like I'm practicing. Yes. But uh, but I with like that, <laughs> but I reckon like the, the two things though like, you, that you were talking about there, I, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying because Conor McGregor said, you know, he, he, that's what he does. He wants to sell tickets, polarize everyone, and then he gets up and he, he's hypes himself. He's amazing at it. That's what – he changed the sport for that reason. But I think more to the point, like – when Conor McGregor comes back after so long, he comes in. He's he's never been the guy that's been able to last the distance. Like he always tries to get people out with, like he tries to knock them out or, or submit them or whatever, very very quickly. That's always been his tactic. So when Stephen A is talking about how, not so much the the Cerrone thing, he's talking about more how Conor McGregor coming back it didn't show us anything about him. But I don't know. What, what do you reckon, Kuz? What was your take on it? Um, I think it showed us
1: that. I think it showed us that McGregor is definitely back. Um, I think because he spent so long away from the sport, and he's had, you know, the, the legal uh, issues and, and things that have happened behind the scenes. Obviously, the um, um, the Russian dude, whoever he fought, I can't of think it was um, right now. Uh, uh, Khabib. Khabib, that's it. When um, you know all his entrees jumped as well, and it became more of an MMA, like WWE style event than it was a, a fight. I think ever since that, and then he had the, the legal issue and then the video of him punching the, like, old dude in the eye. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: it I wasn't mean, great.
1: So when he came back, everyone expected that big flamboyant because we, we saw all the – I mean, everyone's Googled him. They've seen all the clever things he said in press conferences with. Um, when he's fought everyone, when he fought Chad Mendez, when he fought Nate Diaz, and he was, you know, witty but really crass and crude. And But I think this time – um, coming off, you know, he's a father of two now. I think we saw a different Conor McGregor where he was a bit more tamed down because you Google every highlight, like, pre- and post fight, and it was McGregor saying nothing but nice things. Like, still he was going to knock him out, but, you know, I had that most respect for him. You get the impression he's never respected anyone he's ever fought before. Mm. Um, but circling that, like, that, it, it was 40 seconds, Cowboy. Like, people forget, I think... Two years is a very long time in in, in like any professional sport, especially nice. in MMA, when you're fighting two, three times a year, maybe. Yeah. So two years removed from it, people seem to forget that this guy went the distance with the arguably the greatest pound for pound boxer in sporting history. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With Floyd Mayweather, mate, he was brilliant. Absolutely right. So, uh, I think. Um, I think he's back. I think uh, I'm, I'm eager to, to see who he fights next. Um, circling around to, like, commentators, doing, like, Stephen A's, I don't, I don't know if he commentates, but he's kind of a, a sporting personality, if anything. So-called, so-called analytics in what he does, he, he just seems to create the drama and everything in the theatre around. I don't think anything he says is too credible. Um, and Bondi, guy circled on it perfectly is because Richie Beno, he would do just... That do the job. You just commentate on the game that was happening. And in a sport like cricket, where well, you need that personality because you're filling in uh, quite a few, up to a minute in between every ball, so you, you have to fill in the space. When you're talking about commentators talking too much or whatever, I, I think of BT and Dark straight away, and I hate the pair of them. That row stupid roving brian crap that you see after you know on seven mate or whatever i absolutely hate it and like the, the, the only note i wrote down for this is just commentators is just call the game we yeah. don't care what <laughs> happened back in 82 when you were playing for richmond yeah if we don't just call what you see don't and, and this and the other thing is they always go to the rather than just calling what they see is they have to give advice or their opinion. And, oh, that person should play here and they should be played there. I don't understand why they're coaches. Of course you don't understand. You're not in the box. You're just <laughs>
0: supposed to call the game. 100%. I completely just agree. that's call
1: the game.
0: That's right. It happens. It, it's, something, it's, it's a big it thing. They, they do it a lot. I mean, probably the, the – okay, here we go. Right, Rapid-fire question then real quick. So, Cootsie, uh, who's your favorite commentator of all time then? Who would you say like, you, you, you could just sit there and listen to them commentate forever?
1: I um I like um Bond. I'm gonna ask you too interest, in a second. I was, uh, <laughs> um, I liked because they kind of had the commentators that would call the play and they'd pass to the other person. So I liked Lethal when he would, used to do it. He oh, Lethal Lee! But they'd throw him now and I think it was great because he was very really knowledgeable, I think everyone has a lot of respect for him. Yeah. But i just like Dennis Kometty because he just has a nice, has the voice you can listen to, doesn't rabble on and talk crap or like, and it, even though I don't have a hell of a lot of respect for a guy, even um, Eddie Maguire wasn't too bad. For hey, whoa, 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 really whoa. you just calmed down. I grew up with him calling Chris Tarrant into marking contests, Right, right. <laughs> where the ball would be kicked forward and you'd just hear Tarrant shouted out, the guy would be 30 metres the other way from Ball, but it wouldn't matter. He'd still call him
0: into the marking contest. Well, was he was he wrong though? Was he wrong about Chris Tarrant? He was always there. He's amazing. <laughs> but uh, for, the, for anyone that doesn't follow the uh, the AFL, that's uh, that's for Collingwood, who's the greatest team in the world. Which is that's fine. But no idea,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. we that
0: right. and uh, Bondi, who's your who's your favourite commentator? Who do you reckon?
2: I have to have to go to Richie Benno. That's He's fair. always been there. Um, grew up on cricket, so. Um, that's my go to. But on NRL, I'm gonna go there again. My least favourite, Phil
0: Gould and Ray Warren. Oh mate, Phil Gould, I completely I, I'm, I'm born in New South Wales, hundred percent go for it, but uh Phil Gould yeah, Jesus.
2: <laughs> and put him in the commentary box you're in trouble.
0: Oh mate, he's uh he, he's pretty He's hard to listen to. Like Ray Warren, don't get me wrong. I actually don't mind a bit of Ray Warren. But uh, just because he used to, when I grew up, I I still commentate the big bone crunching tackles and all that sort of stuff. Like he loses his mind. But uh, but, yeah, Phil Gould, I'm 100% with you. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I reckon I'd have to. I I, I don't know if he's my favourite, but I certainly mimic him the most is Bruce McAvaney, just purely because uh, with the AFL because off the step, clever like just he says the same things nine hundred times a game and it's hilarious. So I I don't know if he's my favourite, but I definitely uh, definitely find him the funniest. But Joe Rogan's not bad for the old MMA. He goes alright, but anyway, there's uh,
1: it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. Actually, if, if you go across the board, I reckon Joe Rogan is just about the best. Yeah, absolutely. Because
0: he knows everything what he's talking about, which makes it easy. But yeah, that's actually, that's a good point. Like sort of like what what you're sort of saying about Lee Matthews or even Tony Romo in the box as well. He's very, very good. All right. Now, the last thing we wanted to go over was actually coming back to Australian sport again, which is uh, looking at the NBL. Now, the NBL, that's kind of gone off the boiler a little bit uh, for a long time because for whatever reason they decided to sell the TV rights to Fox, which did just uh, it was just terrible because Fox just ruined it. But now it's sort of come back a bit now. And yeah. one, of, one of the big things that they've done is sort of using the NBL as almost a developmental squad for um, for the NBA. With Lamelo Ball coming over, he played a bit for the Illawarra Hawks. Um, and Bondi, you were asking me about him. Did you do a bit of research? Did you find out who he was? <laughs> Bondo you there, or are you looking after kids? Oh, Bondi's dropped Brady, out. Maybe you should tell the
1: story,
0: mate. All right, well, basically, I'll tell the story. <laughs> but basically, so he's playing college ball, but he became ineligible, so he came over to the NBL to play a little bit of professional development, and uh, basically he jumped back on, which is great, and he's, um, he's now sort of looking to go and declare for the draft after playing for the Illawarra Hawks for a while. And I, personally, I reckon it's, it's made the NBL... Uh, I don't know if it's made it more relevant, but it's certainly given it a lot more of a boost to have such a big star come and play. A guy who's basically looking at going number one in the draft, which is a huge deal, particularly coming out of Australia and playing for the NBL. It gives us a big boost, and it makes us more attractive to a lot more uh, college stars and people that are going to basically go back and forth from the NBL to the NBA, which we've got a lot of Aussies playing over there now, which is great, like Paddy Mills, uh, Deli Bedova. Um, We've had Andrew Bogut, obviously um, a stack of these guys that are actually getting some prominence over there now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know when they're going to end just up. Just
1: left out the, the, the biggest star of them all, but that's
0: probably... the biggest star. Okay, who, who, who are you talking about? Go for it. You just
1: left Ben Simmons off that. Basically. Oh, okay, it's Ben
0: Simmons. Fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben Simmons. Fair enough, Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> LeDonte Dante Exum, I don't know Andrew Baines, like I don't know. There's, there's, there's a stack of them. There's heaps of players, which is really oh, really goes. good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hmm. And I think it's been really good for Australian basketball, which is what I grew up on. Like I grew up playing it, and I maybe mean, for me, Patty Mills. When I stop, when I stopped playing basketball because I was too broken, like basically Patty Mills was just starting his career in the NBA. So that's that's how long it's been since we've had. A big flow-on effect, and it's taken that long to build Australian basketball back up from basically the ashes of Fox Sports that it is. Um, but uh, I don't know what what, what did you what are you reckon? Is it is it something that's building back up again or what?
1: Uh, I think it definitely is. I mean, I, I went to a, an NBL game years and years and years ago. It, it feels like the NBL was just revamped and then sold to be amazing again and then it crashed and burned and someone else bought the rights and it crashed and burns. like yep i read something uh not too distant future like the, the sydney kings were bought for like twenty thousand dollars <laughs> like it was something ridiculous was yeah, yeah no money in yep. basketball at Nothing. all and they couldn't pay the players anything you couldn't get sponsorship for it like you said fox killed it basically um but then, like recently, I think Andrew Bogut's done huge to then elect to come back to Australia mm. and play. And it, it, it the, the sheer fact that his name, and especially with basketball, his name's matter as well. Mm. So Big time. Uh, he, he dragged me off the couch and, and me and a couple of mates. We went and saw him in, in Brisbane. And even though they were playing the Bullets, where you kind of thought I should probably go for Brisbane here, we ended up going for the Kings because Bogut was on the court. Most exactly. Yeah. So, yep. Um, but yeah, it's you're right. It's made the MBL all more relevant when when um, ball came over here as well, with the potential of him going, you know, possibly number one. He's not going to drop too far if he does anyway. Knowing he's been removed, you know, college ball obviously in America is insanely popular. Oh, huge, yeah. Um, but there's even talks of expanding the league to Tasmania as well. Like it's. Well, it I mean, seems Taz- to be uh... positive for the MBL, which again, moving. Struggling for like I, I grew up watching um like Aaron Traher Oh yeah,
0: and, um, like uh, there was Andrew Gaze, Jordan all those guys. Was, yeah, yeah.
1: Andrew Gaze.
0: That's yeah, it. Shane Hill. All Andrew those guys. Andrew Gaze, yeah. and Aaron
1: Traher and all these guys. That's it. We grew up watching those guys. they all Melbourne Tiger days.
0: So. Just goes to show how uh, how old we are, mate. Andrew Gaze is a grey-haired man. He's like coaching mostly these days. <laughs>
1: To be fair, Andrew Gage
0: was grey-haired at like thirty, so. Fair point. That's a fair point. He he was a silver fox early, but Bondi, I saw the noise <laughs> pop up in your back, mate. Yeah. He's there. He's there. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: we're just, just, I was just going to get your take on the NBL, mate, the, the Mellow Ball. I was just asking if you uh, if you if you'd found out who he was.
2: Yes. Uh, NBL. <laughs> 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 he's he's uh, he's doing well.
0: He's doing well. Well, all right. I tell you what. Let, let's. I'll switch off that. We'll switch off basketball. Let's have a look at uh, the last thing. Was this was a rapid fire one? I just thought about it at the end because it popped up. Was just a big bash because it made me remember it when Bondo said he's growing up on on cricket. So I'll ask you, Bondo. What do you reckon? You're. Uh, you, who's your pick for the for the big bash winner?
2: Mate, big bash has already happened. <laughs> Sixes beat the Stars in a twelve over.
0: Did they really in the in the grand final? Did they beat them already? <laughs> oh wow. I'm behind on it. I'm behind on it. <laughs> wow, that happened yesterday. Wow, I just pulled it up. That's the uh, yeah. that's my fault. <laughs> hey man, whatever. I was doing fine <laughs> up until now, right? <laughs> yeah, Sixers definitely had the promise
2: team throughout
0: so, the year. Mate, what you could have done just there was tell me that the Sixers were would've gonna win and then we would have had to Google it and found out that the Sixers uh won yesterday. So You know, you could have had one
1: up. They were were supposed to. Every report, the stars were killing them all season long.
0: Oh, that's fair enough. Well, uh, uh, the stars were doing good, but they seemed to collapse at the end, didn't they?
2: Just too short of top order. I mean, if you stars like Stoyness and Maxwell, don't perform. Same as the Heat. If, you know, those two or three crucial players don't perform, you're done.
0: Yeah, if Chris Lynn doesn't knock out 80 runs, then you're bugging.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, A.B. de Villiers imported for three games and scored a grand total of 25 runs or something like that. Good boy. <laughs> That's what... Well, well, here you go. I'm going to ask a different
0: question just purely from an opinion standpoint. Is the Big Bash really like... Uh, like the, A lot of guys I talk to, they, they they think the Big Bash is an abomination basically. <laughs> like They're just like you know, the, the, the cricket loyalists where they're like, if it's not one day or test match, then it, yeah, I don't want to talk about it lot like,
2: well, of fossils will be dead soon, so. <laughs> 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 That's
0: true. So you reckon it's just Very it's basically just a boomer thing, and, and once they're all gone, then when do I have to worry <laughs> if
2: the big bash will be fine? <laughs> Mate, I think the big, biggest worrying cricket these days is test match cricket. I, I do you don't mean? know anyone. I can't remember the last test match that went to five days. True. and. Yeah. I don't know anyone that's going to hang around watching test match cricket because we're moving into instant gratification. Mm, so, mm. you know, big bash, three hours a your night, you know, you've got a result, you've got, you know, 24s, 6s, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, if the heat are firing, if they're not, then, you know, you've got 20 minutes of your life that you can throw in the bin and not worry about. That. <laughs> true, true. Mm. Yeah, so I think instant gratification is where we're moving to, and Test match cricket doesn't fit that format. So, well, um, do you
0: reckon that if they do like what they do, say like um, uh, when they play the the Prime Minister's Eleven and those sort of things, where they have a shortened like a three day Test match, would that be optimal? Or do you reckon it's more going to be have to be like one day or twenty twenty?
2: Yeah, I think Test cricket's on its way out. I mean, there's obviously the loyalists. Cool, and that's I can be cool the tactics and all that kind of stuff in play during test match cricket, which is fine. I appreciate test match cricket. Am I going to commit five days of my life to watch it? No, I'm just going to watch, you know, day three, you know, catch up. And then, you know, maybe the first session of day four until the game's over. Like,
0: it's a fair point. That's a, I see where you're getting at because it, it's true. I mean, I went to the Boxing Day test and I literally went to one day of it because I I don't have time to go sit down for five days. I just don't. I just can't. <laughs> like I, I'll like I went down and saw it in Melbourne. Um, oh, jeez. I can't remember where it was there. It was maybe I'm pretty sure it was Melbourne. Anyway, it was, it was years ago. Um, and I went to go see just the one day because it, it, you're right, it takes up so much time these days. And I mean, you can watch a 2020 match like you would watch an AFL or an NRL match, almost basically, a very similar sort of time frame, and uh, and, and you're done and dust and you've got a result. Yeah. What do you reckon, Coach? Um, you you're in 2020 or a one day, or do you reckon the, the institution of test cricket is going to stay?
1: I think, I don't think, that there'll always be test cricket. I think you'll see. Less and less tests played because obviously you have the marquee ones. Mm. So you're going to have your boxing days, you're going to have your New Year test. Those will still happen. Um, it, like India's proved the market and money in cricket is obviously 2020 because they're pumping true, billions of true. dollars into that IPL. Um, I think one day cricket, if anything, it's probably changed the way that, sorry, 2020 cricket's probably changed the way one day cricket's played. Mm. 'Cause back in the day you would have, you know, two twenty or two something as a decent score to chase through. Now you're looking at Oh three hundred. That's a twenty twenty score to play to now. So, you know, three hundred plus is like a good one day um, run score. So it's changed the way that one day crickets played. but I think you'll just see less test match because you have the marquees because you would have been if you were there Boxing Day test, that thing would've been a sellout.
0: True. Yeah.
1: Exactly, so there's your money makers, and they're still. So you'll see more of that, and probably that's a good point. And even when cricket, when it gets to our winter, they still play it twenty four seven overseas, like over in England. That, but you don't hear that much about it out. So
0: true, yeah, that's true, and that's like the IPL. Like it's something um, that I think is going like, to. India is probably the biggest thing for for the IPL. That that's bananas. They love that stuff over there, mm. and it play and plus our players get to go over and play over there when it's off our off season, so it, it's handy. But Mario right, Bondo, were you going to say another point? I think I, I, I stepped on your on your last words. You were going to say before.
2: No, I think Kirstie just covered it. I think I was going to say about the about T20 changing the dynamic of cricket. It's mm. a lot more explosive brand of cricket. Even test matches these days, you're not seeing as many dot balls or anything like that. Um, True. You're not seeing those yeah. um, abbreviated games. People more willing to throw their wicket away instead of bat for a day and get 20 runs, so... That's true. that's
0: true. Well, it, it's not. It's like uh, I mean, it's not like since well, I think Chris Rogers was probably the last guy to do it, where he'd sit there and plug away for like three hundred balls and have fifty runs, and you're like, "Good God!" But uh, he, he was just a rock that tried to build the the innings off, and yeah, and and that's sort of you know the days of you know back when you know the the the, the um the twelfth man like you know Billy Birmingham coming out going you know, and you know the Australians are called six hundred runs etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It, I remember that it started to head that way, where Like I remember watching Australia play Bangladesh in a one day, which is like I paid a bunch of money to go see them play one day test because there was only one game in Darwin the entire time I was there, after in five years, and um, (laughs) and and unfortunately Bangladesh batted first, so uh, they were out for ninety and uh, the game was over by about two o'clock. So, (laughs) but uh, but and that's just what happens though. But and the cricket's probably been heading that way, probably to the point of what you're saying, where like test matches don't run that long anymore. But uh, no. that's, that's pretty much it, I reckon, for, 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 for cricket though. Unless, did you have any other points for, for the cricket, like Bondo? which direction you think it's headed?
2: No, I I think summed it up. I think, you know, if they're going to run test matches, they're going to have to shorten it. Like, five days it's never played. So, so you yeah. reckon
0: like that three-day test match idea, maybe I should pitch it to them. What do you reckon? I'll, I'll make some money off it.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> <Should we crack?
0: laughs> <laughs> I'll use all of my 6% credibility.
1: The strategy's gone out of when you like big Bash Big Bash is well, the 2020 version for ever's play. It seems to be um, the bowlers can't attack anymore because How do you the mean? format is just let's not bleed as much as he can. So it's just it's on the batsman can the batsman can play aggressive or they have to play aggressive, mm. and the bowlers just have to be defensive and not let as much because a wicket means nothing really. Next third out, you've only got 20 overs yet with uh, fit, uh, one day test matches a bit neither here or there, but at least it, it's good to watch test match cricket and see bowlers be aggressive True. at batsmen who are being defensive. So there's a lot of it, the tactics is still there in in. Test match cricket, and it's great to see. You know, I mean, again, we're showing an age you get here, but <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up with like watching Glenn McGrath from one end being line and length, and then Brett Lee the other end just being erratic, bowling around 158 yep. and knocking the guy out. Like, yep. it was just great to watch that over and over, um, you know, over after over. Where in Big Bash, it just the bowlers are just like, just try not to hit for a six, but if you do, don't worry. Yeah, like you, you're going. Like, it's just. <laughs> It seems to be like the fourth ribbon event for every school kid that couldn't win anything. Like that's alright, just try again. Isn't the no yeah. strategy? seems.
0: Uh, I agree. I think. I I dis- g- Sorry, mate.
2: Yeah, I disagree with you there, Cootsie. Like, you see a lot of bowling matchups. So um, highlighted in the T Twenty last night when Maxi had the the mic on, they were talking about um, matchup with. You know, the batters coming in, uh, where they like to hit, what they like to hit in percentages. Um, Josh Hazelwood, change of pace, really effective, that kind of stuff. So I think there are still tactics in it, but you just don't have that 3-4 over build-up where you're putting pressure on the batsman. Um, And the only way you can do that is with dot balls, which um, is a rarity in, uh, in T20. It's a benchmark. As far as bowling goes, if you can bowl a dot ball, um, Josh Hazelwood almost bowled a maiden last night. So they you know, talking about putting pressure back on the batsman there. So A I maiden in T20. Got, oops, highlights that, but it's not in the same dynamic as you find in testing one day.
0: Did, sorry, did you say Hazelwood only got a maiden in T20? Yeah.
2: yeah, mate. Bowled five dot balls, and then I think he got to hit for a boundary on his last...
1: This yes, that's is exactly my point, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I think I know what you mean, though. Like, it, it's not so much. I think the tactics is uh, its just different. Like, we, we've grown up watching, you know, the a war of attrition in Test match where you've got, you know, like you said, Glenn McGrath just bowling a, a, a tidy line in length over and over and over and over and over, and over again, like four thousand times in a row, and then you got. Then we'd bring in someone like Shane Warne who would just then turn the ball and just try and clean up. And that was something that we grew up watching over and over again, and trying to you know, wait for the new ball to come in and, and swing bowlers with Brett Lee, all that sort of stuff. But I think you're, you're right; it's just a different sort of tactics. And because it's 2020 now, you're looking at 20 overs where you've got to have such a compressed target of, of, of where you've got to be effective. So that's you know that it's it's really hard to say. I think it's just a different set of tactics that we're not used to, and that's probably showing our age again. <laughs> well, the,
1: the, the whole competition is is based on fun, and whoever is they like brought in the big bash. That's what the NBL needs. In like, why can't basketball be that same level of fun in its entirety? Oh, i get you the whole family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because BBL was, it was, I mean, it's called the big bash league. Like, it does, the, <laughs> the whole thing is about fun. It's about families to get you through the gate, have a good time, and go home in a yeah. couple of hours. Yeah. There's no, it's not like a premiere. It doesn't, it doesn't hold the same, not the same pedestal as like a, an NRL or AFL grand final. I mean, yeah. it's not even. The big the 2020 World Cup still seems to be like the pre-game entertainment to even the one-day international or the one-day World Cup or there's no like Test equivalent, but whoever's the number one at the end of the calendar year kind of thing. Like it's still that the fun event to go to, and it probably needs time to then develop like some kind of like the arch rival or some kind of. But it, it's it's a very Americanized sport very quickly because I mean. When I moved to Brisbane five years ago and started watching it, I got drunk at a game and went, well, it looks like I'm a heat fan now. <laughs> and then I look at it now and it's like Chris Lynn's about the only player still left on that team. Like, yeah. like everyone, you know, like it's very Americanized. The swap and change and then, you know, we'll see what we have at the start of the next year. So it's just, it's great. It's awesome to go watch. Like I just wish the NBL was at that same level and you have to go into a game Last year or the year before myself, like it's it's on its way. It's absolutely has that same kind of family fun friend event to mm. go
0: to. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it, it's because I think it's sort of like what Bondi is saying. Same sort of thing. I think we're on the same page with. it, is that like it's just the the big bash has definitely become that, and that's sort of where you get that same you get to have that result in one day, and you're good to go. Like you don't have to sit around for an entire day. You can go for an evening with your family, and I'm, I'm hoping that the MBL with uh, with the MBL that it's going to head that way as well. Because, I mean, I, I do miss, like, I, I was, you know, like, Bondi, the, you know, the institution of the Townsville Crocs, I think you can, you, it, it's, um, it's very much a, a thing of the past. Because you probably, did you, the Townsville Crocs, is there anything like that left up of, of the Townsville Crocs in Townsville now?
2: Uh, I'm going to say yes with no confidence at the door. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. No, look. I think they're they're pretty much because they they folded years ago, and um, the the pink the the building next to where I I, could, I remember going there like there's the, the pink building where the Crocs Leafs Club was and all these sort of things that were there years ago, and uh, I grew up watching them and they were like you know they they were the people that I, when I was in high school that was who I used to watch but then uh, then they folded and they're just not there anymore. But speaking of the of the basketball though, the, we're, the, we've just cracked the hour mark, boys. So we'll. Uh, We'll wrap it up. So the last question I'm going to ask is just uh, just your picks for who's going to take the NBA championship. Go for it, Bondi. Bondi, who's?
2: Sorry,
0: Bondi. Bondi, the, the, the NBA champion. Who's going to be the NBA champion?
2: Right. <laughs> Basketball, yeah?
0: Yeah, the the National Basketball Association in, in America. You know, the Los Angeles Lakers and the and the Milwaukee Bucks, etc.
2: Yeah, yeah. net. I'm I'm completely on board. Oh really? I always get my <laughs> uh...
0: He's on board one hundred percent. Sorry that it was a it was a hard left from cricket over to basketball. Sorry, mate. But...
2: Yeah. Well, I always get the NBA and the Major League Baseball mixed up. Same, same but different.
0: hundred percent. They they're yeah. basically the same.
2: This is from the baseball fan. Yeah, so not as close as I used to, um, okay. but as the NBL pick goes, I'd have to go for the LA Dodgers. Oh. <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> mate, if the Dodgers win, mate, we're in trouble.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, honestly, don't know. Stab in the dark, go the Spurs. But oh, mate, that's a great
0: pick. I love the Spurs of my team, but uh, unfortunately, they are pretty horrendous this year. Yeah,
2: we'll
0: but I'll take it. I'll take 22 it. Twenty-two and thirty. All an right, now, so Pretty much. much. Pretty much. They're out of the eight. But this, you know what? The craziest thing, just because we're on the Spurs and they're my team. Thanks for bringing it up, on though. I appreciate it. I definitely didn't pay him money for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the point is, with these guys, is that if they don't make the playoffs this year. It's going to be the first time since 1997 when they drafted Tim Duncan, who retired a few years ago, unfortunately, that they have missed the playoffs. Like it's, I was very lucky when I when I was like 10 years old at that 1998, and I picked the Spurs as my team. (laughs) I was a very lucky human being, and uh, and I have not missed the playoffs for like 20 years, so it's just insane. But if if this year it'll be the first year if they don't make it, so I'll be gutted. But I think you know, 20 year run, I can't complain. (laughs)
1: Yeah, as far as sporting success consistency goes, that's got to be one of the greatest ever to have that consistent oh, playoff berth. is pretty crazy. It's
0: almost offensive, really. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. All right, so we have got the Spurs for Bondi. What do you reckon, Coots? Who's your pick? Uh, I'd I'd love
1: to play. I'd love to say the 76 76ers. The 76ers? Uh, of, Well, I'd love. I would like to They were the tip going in the start of the year because they just. I mean. If you – the, the NBA has evolved where it used to be like the big name and then the supporting crew, and now it seems to be the league of the duos. And I, I'm stealing this off someone I listened to off a podcast a while ago. Mm. But the league seems to be teams of duos, so like the Davis, um, James, um, Simmons and Joel Embiid. So there seems yeah. to be whoever has the best two names and then supporting car. But yep. yep. for whatever reason, you know, the Heat were supposed to be the te- – oh, sorry, the Heat there – Sixers were supposed to be the team in the East to beat that were going to rival the Bucks, and for whatever reason, it hasn't quite worked out that way. Nah, nah. For that, I probably, I reckon it'll come down to um, the Bucks and uh, the Bucks and the Lakers. Bucks and the Lakers, and I'll probably only because I'm not I'm not an LA fan in any way, shape, or form except for the Chargers, I'll go. I reckon the Bucks will win.
0: No, that's that's a fair fair pick. The the Greek uh, the Greek freak and uh, and the Bucks. We'll see how they go. That's that's a good pick. And uh, and then for me, uh, I would uh, I <laughs> I really wanted to. Uh, I was hoping that the Spurs. They started to turn it around for a while. They had a good run for a bit, but uh, <laughs> they just they just haven't made it. So I mean, for me, I was looking at uh, at the Lakers and the Clippers are doing quite well as well. I thought that. Uh, Toronto might get up. I I thought they were going to do okay, but they sort of slipped off a bit. I don't know. It's a really tough one because...
1: uh, I think it's as close a season it's been in a very long time. There's like 13 teams that are 30 wins mm, at this point It's huge, yeah. And it's the first time in ages that that's happened. It's as close a season as it's ever been.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, for me... Yeah, I mean, like Milwaukee is sitting on 45 wins, which is just stupid. But um, the, the team, yeah. the, the dark... They're
1: the, dark, a, the only team in single-digit loss. So.
0: Yeah, true, yeah, true. They've only got seven losses, which is insane. But for me, I think the dark horse, I mean, I, I think I'd like to see it because I haven't seen them do much in a long time Is the Denver Nuggets. They're, they're second in the West at the moment. So if they if they get up um, and they if they can get some consistency and play through, then I'll, I'll, I'll pick the Nuggets. I think they're going to do well. There we go. Alright lads. Well that thanks very much for, for taking time out of your day. So that's uh that's the the very first of the not the Dean Patrick Show podcast. So thanks very much guys, we will <laughs> we'll, we'll sign off. Cheers. Champion. <laughs>